Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Dr. Christy Kelly. I did say that right, right, Christy? Yeah, I I butcher so many people's names. Yours, fortunately, was not one that I butchered, but you might be like one out of 50. Um, So Christy Christy and I were just talking. I asked her how, you know, everything was going. And uh, she was telling me that obviously her store is not open right now because of everything that's going on. But you were, uh, so you were saying that, you know, it's, the connection you were mentioned, you mentioned the connection with uh, different people because of how everything shut down. Why don't you dive into that really quick and then we'll move into some more fun stuff. Sure. So it's pretty obvious that the way we're all being connected right now and keeping in touch is through the internet. So it's really a blessing to be able to have this level of technology today. And it's really needed and necessary because, because without it, we wouldn't be able to not just talk, but continue with commerce and e-commerce. So I had uh, started my business in 2012. And to be completely honest, I did not have any intentions of opening a store. I actually started the business and said, I will never open a brick and mortar store. And I held true to that until last year. <laughs> last year, after, yeah what was it, Um, seven years of being online, there was this opportunity that was presented to me that just seemed a little bit too good to be true. Um, Just, it seemed like divine timing. And my customers had, um, some, some of my customers have been shopping with me since I was 16 years old. That's when I started designing jewelry. And I was working for a different company. And so a lot of them came with me when I started my own business in 2012. And after 
just doing what I'm what I was doing for so long people really wanted you know to go into a physical store and I had tried the whole wholesale thing and selling to other businesses to carry my line but it wasn't the same as being able to represent your own um, just your own product and that's when I decided to open the store in October of 2019 and here we are six months later (laughs) but everything was going well before that we had a wonderful grand opening we had a a just phenomenal christmas season i was doing jewelry workshops which is you know i mean i could do virtual classes which now i'm going to start figuring out how to do that um but it was really nice for those six months to go from seven years of being online and just knowing my customers through their Facebook name and their little icons to going into the store and meeting them in person, being able to do workshops with them and make jewelry with them. And, uh, and now I'm just trying to figure out how to offer something of value in a nice social experience online. And it can be done. We have Zoom, we have Skype, we've got FaceTime, we've got all these cool things. So we'll make it happen one way or another. So Christy, I, you know, I, I have to ask, you know, I feel like because since, since we've been, you know, quarantined or whatever you want to call it, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like our connection with other people have almost deepened. Oh, yeah. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're all in this together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, um, when when someone's going through something and you're a friend and you can feel, well, I mean, if you're empathetic and you have compassion in your heart, then you're going to feel some level of, you know, compassion for them and you're, and you're going to and feel like oh that that those feelings within you and you empathize you you feel some level of their pain energetically and so right now everyone has been affected in some way shape or form I mean I can't think of one person that has not been impacted by this at all and on that level of being affected we all can empathize and understand and have compassion for each other. So yes, I absolutely agree with you. It's, and I, and I'm hoping that this will actually be, and I, and I think it will be a really great thing for us in the end when it comes to our social interactions with each other. And I'm also hoping that it will help heal. So, you know, all the division that we've been experiencing since, you know, pre-2016, um, but I think it will be a blessing. Yes, I, you know, and, and I think that by looking at it as a, as, you know what, this is going to be the best, this is going to be the, this is going to be better for everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, it's going to be better for a lot of people, but I think that, yeah. yes. you know, I, I, it sounds tr- kind of trite in saying this, but I think it's going to cut out the people that are maybe not, I don't know how to say this really, but uh, I guess, you know, it's going to... It can be a touchy subject. 
It, it is right, but it, so it's going to leave behind people that are not putting forth the effort. Is the best way I can put it? Is the nicest way, best way I can put it? Yes. No, it's a growth stimulator, and you either take the opportunity to grow, or you're going to be, or you're going to feel like you're drowning, or you're going to feel left behind, or like a victim. But it's like anything else. It's a, it's about how you respond, and it's about your perspective on how to view what's in front of you are you going to see it as the apocalypse or are you going to see it as the new earth right a new way of being no you're you're absolutely right so i'm glad you 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 mentioned uh a new earth so that kind of that let's segue into some of the things that you have like you've accomplished a lot of cool shit first of all just for everybody listening you're welcome just for everybody listening and or watching, if you're watching this on YouTube, you need to go check out her. It's, it, I don't know where you, you can tell us where to find the video, but she's got like one of the most badass videos. I've, oh. <laughs> I I think it's such a cool video. Like, and I can't, now I can't that remember. Own too. It was the what? It was, um, so I'm, I'm trying to um, learn a video editing, and that was one of my first videos that I, you know, used my editing software to play around with. So that's so, so ironic. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. So ironically, that is, I'm actually um, working with a guy right now um, that has. I'm working. Okay, so let me back up. I'm. I I, I talked to a guy that's helping me with. He's going to help me with my podcast intro. And he mm-hmm. said, look, dude, he was like, you got to get better at your videos online. And I said, well, what, the, what do you mean? And, and he, he explained to me, you got to go to, it's something in Adobe. So I've been going through and learning and I haven't learned much because I just started yesterday, but I'm doing the same thing as you, evidently you were doing. So is it, um, was it Adobe that you used as well? I'm using Filmora. Yes. Okay. I know I'm I'm familiar with it, but I don't know much about it. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, I had a hard time trying to figure out which, which you know, software to use in different platforms, but I just um, try to go with the easiest for like, for dummies, the beginner version. <laughs> and I, uh, I saw a lot, a lot of tutorials for Filmora, so that's why I went with that one. But I think once you learn one, you once you get to learn one, like a lot of them are similar. And so, you know, it's like once you learn Word, you can go into pages and you can go into other versions of of similar, you know, offerings. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I believe in you. you can do it. Um so all right, so you've got a, a thing on your link tree that says, What is a doctor of metaphysics? Can you Explain mm. to everybody what that means. I'm so sure. excited about this, actually. So, 
So, um, okay, well, I had no idea what that was either when I was looking into it, but I knew that I wanted to invest my time and energy into learning about this, the underlying current of life. And when I was looking at this program, um, the, the ultimate certification was holistic life coaching, or you could also use a title of um, spiritual counseling or a spiritual coach. And that seemed really attractive to me because um, I knew I didn't want to go back to school and do the whole therapy and go read psychology and all of that stuff. So um, I just, I wanted something practical. And as I was digging into the whole metaphysics thing, um, the simple way to put it as my professor uh, described it was metaphysics is a study of life and consciousness, which seems like it covers everything. <laughs> and right. I love it. So, um, you know, we study transpersonal psychology. So not only do we study psychology, but we studied you know, the spirit, the, the, the human spirit side, which is, you know, not something that uh, most accredited schools will dive into because it's kind of, um, it, it can be, I don't want to use the word manipulated, but it could be hijacked by religious thought. And so I wanted something that was universal, something that was more scientific based, and when you think of the human spirit as just energy and we see each other and everything as just energy, then, then it, it brings it back to neutral and there's no, um, you know, there's no agenda or personal interests that are getting in the way of the truth. And so a doctor of metaphysics, just like a PhD, I had to go through a bachelor's a master's and then a doctoral program after studying just the basics of, like I said, transpersonal psychology, inter interhuman communications. We looked into um, energy signatures and why some people um, develop codependent relationships. So what is the energetic dynamic that happens between a person that's codependent and the person that's being codependent on? We studied about that. Um, what happens, what's really going on with uh, addictive relationships. So it, it was really fascinating. And as someone who went to a private college, I went to the um, Loyola University of New Orleans, and I spent a lot of money on that school. Um, I have to say that this program that I did was probably 10 times more valuable. And a fraction of the price than my my bachelor's from Loyola University in business administration. So, isn't that wild? Like, you know, if you really depend on school to teach you how life is going to be, you're in for a world of trouble. And you know what's really unfortunate, Corey, is that um, yeah, this school was ridiculously expensive, and the information that I went to learn was extremely outdated. By the time I graduated, let me put it to you this way. I graduated college in 2012 and the word social media was never brought up. And I went to school for business and marketing. What? Yes. 
So um, in that sense, I felt really ripped off because I felt I wasn't prepared for the real world. And um, But at the same time, my certification also teaches you not to be, not to see yourself ever as a victim of your circumstances. So despite the fact that I felt ripped off, it just enlightened me and allowed me to see things for what they really are. And until these institutions decide to get out of their little box and start opening up to new ideas that, you know, their offerings are very limited. You know something, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel I feel like that right now, today, we're in the process of seeing that paradigm shift with mm-hmm. the schools. I almost wonder if the kids go back, you know, because they're having to do their work at, uh, at home. I'm wondering when they go back and they're tested if it, what that looks like first. Secondly, what happens if they test better than they would have if they would have been in class? You know, that thought has crossed my mind a few times throughout this whole thing. Um, The program that I did to get my doctorate in metaphysics was all online, and there were a few instances where I had to uh, do video chats with my professor and do interviews and just go through certain processes online. And while I do feel that being in an institution seems more um, the energy from being within that can stimulate you to be serious because when you're at home and you're in an environment that's comfortable, yes, it does allow you to learn, but it also allows for distractions and for a lack of stimulation to keep you going. So in a sense, you have to be really strong-willed to learn from home or learn from a distance, and you have to be extremely disciplined. But is that a bad thing, you know, to to be pushed to uh, have your own self-determination and your own, and your own will? Um, so that's one thing to look at. And the other thing is that think about all the costs that is being saved with not having to be there all the time. I mean, just the gas and, you know, I mean, just bringing all your stuff everywhere all the time. And I don't know, it just seems like there's, there's great things and there's not so there's pros and cons to both sides. So I think having an integration of both styles of learning would probably be the best thing moving forward if maybe we could go to the institutions or go someplace just for testing or for interviews because I do think that the personal contact is extremely important but is everything else really necessary you know a really good point I you know I, I don't know because you know I, the, the first thing I thought about when you said well you wouldn't have to you know the, you'd save money on the gas and the, and the time driving back and forth I don't know if you said the time, but I thought about that. And then I thought about... I mean, think about how much the roads are going to clear up because nobody has to be physically there. Right. Well, and also think about how heavy the damn book bags are for the kid. Like, my daughter's 10, and she carries a book bag that weighs 50 fucking pounds. I know. I I remember those days in elementary school. (laughs) 
<laughs> felt like my back was going to break all the time. Yeah. It'll yeah. Be great to have then. Right. So, um, so I have to ask, what is, so I know a little bit about numerology, not enough to even talk about it, but the other, the, okay. is, do you say it Vedic or astrology? Is that how you say it? Vedic astrology. Vedic. Okay. What are those two things? That's super interesting. So it goes back to, um, you know, studying energy and I'm just fascinated by energy. So um, as you can see, I have a lot of purple around and I like purple because of the vibration and the frequency of, of purple. It's a very healing color. It's the color of forgiveness. And so it something like color emits a frequency for us to be able to perceive the color as purple. Then, you know, everything is energy and the numbers work the same way. So numerology is actually based on, okay, let me put it this way. The study of numerology and the numbers is based on the behavior of subatomic particles. So if you were to study and analyze the behavior of these particles individually, so one or two together or three together or four together, and then you go up to nine, the behavior is the physical representation of what's going on metaphysically. For example, you have the number one. Um, so just to be kind of obvious, number one is single. It's isolated, but it's also in solitude. It is a leader. It doesn't depend on anyone. Two would be the pair, it has to do with codependency and love or partnerships. Three, you have the triangle. So for the first time, you have this spreading out of the particles. So the number three represents expansion. It represents creativity. Four, okay, now you have a square. So you have four points. Square has to do with foundations. So you continue with that analysis. So what happens with foundations? Okay, so you have buildings, you have structure, you have the earth. It's a very earth um, physical number, very strong because it's got a foundation. And then you have five, things start spreading out again. So that also, actually five is the number that represents freedom. And when you do the numerology for the Declaration of Independence, so if you add up the numbers to find out what the, what it's called the life path number for the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776, it comes out to number five. And okay. that represents, and to me, that just made, like, when I did that, I was like, oh my God, that is so amazing. How cool is that? Um, so, you know, numbers are also symbols. We have to remember that it doesn't matter how we write the numbers out throughout history. Since the beginning of time when humans have been writing numbers, it's been some symbolic. So words, letters, numbers are symbols and symbols is how consciousness communicates. 
It is the language of the universe. Actually, math is the universal language. If we were to communicate with extraterrestrials at some point, I believe that it would be through mathematics because that is a universal law, it is, is geometry and math. So I just believe in the power of numbers and, I, and it's helped me in my life. Um, you know, things like your birthday, that, those are divine numbers to yourself. Those are sacred numbers for the, for the soul. And so if you keep these numbers in mind, and, you know, if you're like in a moment where you're trying to make a, a decision and you're not sure if it's the right time, you look at your phone and it's 11-11. You know, 11-11, the reason it's such a high, powerful number is because you've got, you know, 11 is, is a master number and it's a, it's a really high vibe energy and it's supposed to be the number of Christ. So, um... I just believe that these are subtle ways that the soul communicates with our ego. So our higher self communicates with the earth version of us in order to let us know, hey, this, you're, you're on the right path or you're thinking correctly, um, just to stimulate you to recognize that. So let me ask you this. What? Okay, so if you, you mentioned the birth date. So if I were mm-hmm. to go look at my birth date, and one, one, where would I go look? And two, what would I be looking for? I'd be, I would be looking for the symbol of all of the numbers together? That's one way to do it. Um, so every single number, and you can look this up, um, you know, if you think back to high school, you might remember the Pythagorean theorem. So Pythagoras is actually the founding father of numerology. He was not just a mathematician, but he was a, a mystic. And he actually started a mystery school for his students. And they had to go through this whole process of uh, not speaking for years in order to, um, you know, when you suppress communication, other, other aspects of the human nature start becoming, becoming heightened. And so if you can't communicate verbally, there's other ways that you're forced to communicate. And, um, he believed in energy as communication and in numbers and everything. So he wrote the book on, on the metaphysical significance of numbers And so, yes, you can look at the individual numbers within your birthday. They all have a meaning. But if you add them up, so you're supposed to add up your your year first. So 1980, whatever, you add those numbers up. Once you add up that number, you just add it to your month and your date of birth. And then whatever that adds up to, you're going to probably get a two or a three-digit number. And in numerology, you're supposed to reduce the number to one whole number in order to, between one through nine, right? So that you can get the real, the root of the significance of your birthday. So for example, I think mine is, um, oh, I forgot what mine is. I think it's 29. So you add up nine and two, and my number ends up being 11. And normally you would reduce it one more time. But if you, if, if while you're reducing, you get the numbers 11, 22, 33, or 44, those are the four master numbers. And you shouldn't reduce it any more than that, because that indicates 
if you have a master number, it's just that you have this higher duty, a higher calling, and you have higher level of vibration that you're supposed to utilize and emit that to the world. And if you don't do the math and you don't figure it out for yourself, you're not going to know if you really do have a higher calling in your life or, or, or what the foundation and the principle of your life's purpose is. So, you know, okay, so this is what I thought about when you said that. Um, you know, what if, what if someone was, uh, you know, maybe struggling with something, maybe struggling with that, maybe they didn't have a job, or, or maybe they were getting ready to lose their job, or maybe they lost a whole bunch of money in the stock market, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and, and then they figured out this number and figured out it was one of those numbers, and that belief kind of catapulted them into what they're calling should be, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So for example, if you have a life path number of say three, then if you are someone who is not currently expressing their creativity and you're not feeling good or happy with your situation in life, well, as soon as you figure out that your number is three, which is the representative number of creation and creativity, well, that should be a hint right there that you are suppressing your divine creative expression and you need to go express yourself somehow. Holy crap. So is there a place that was there? Is there a place that, that the people listening can go to find out what, you know, once they do the, the addition, I was going to yeah. do it. But- you know, the internet's really, um, really good with that stuff. Um, I am a little weary of reading everything on the internet. So obviously if I were encouraged, sure? if I would encourage anyone to put it, then yeah, then, um, then I would say, you know, don't just read one site, read multiple sites. And if there's a common denominator and a theme behind what they're all saying behind a certain number, okay, well then there's your answer. But I do have a book that I would like to recommend. I usually have it right here in my bag. No, it's not here, but it's called, um, really? It's called The Divine Triangle, Numerology and the Divine Triangle. It was written in the 1970s, and um, because it's that old, not that it's that old, my husband was born in the 70s. I was was so it's not that fucking old. <laughs> right, right. But um, but if you read that book, I love that book. It, it, it's usually right here on my desk. Um, but that was like my textbook um, that I that I still use today, and I reference it um, in order to and and you know astrology and numerology are linked. There, once you learn numerology and you and you decide to dive into astrology a little bit you'll already have this foundation of knowledge from numerology to help you better understand um astrology so it's it, it goes hand in hand it's really amazing i highly encourage everyone to just you know read up a little bit on it and um even if you don't use it too much in your everyday life at least be aware that things like your phone number, your address, and even words have numerology, num, numerologic significances to them. And so, you know, it's just fun. It's, it's a fun divination tool that I like to use. 
That's that's very that I can see actually. Like, I, well, I, I, the way you've explained it, it makes sense why it would be so interesting. It makes sense to me anyway. It may not make sense to anybody else, but it does make sense to me why that would be the case. You know, I and and please tell me if this is crazy, but like I get um I get a thing to my phone every day. I'm a Pisces, and it seems to be my um what the hell is it horoscope? Whatever is a horoscope? Sure. Yeah. Is that right? Um, and so I, f- I find that I really do believe that lots of times, I'm going to say more times than not, there's something that I can f- see in that horoscope that makes sense. Does that make, does that make sense a little of bit? Of course. And okay. So what I'm going to say right now is kind of a double-edged sword because what I'm going to say could nullify your belief or it could em- embrace it. All right, um, let's go. And this is coming from someone that studies astrology. So like astrology or tarot cards or whatever you or crystals, any of this stuff, it really is all about psychology because if I were to tell someone something like, addressing their past trauma. Well, most people have past trauma that needs to be addressed and that we need we need to overcome. So a lot of what astrology tells us doesn't just apply to one person, it applies to the masses and it applies to the collective consciousness. So most of the horoscopes, even if I were to read yours by mistake thinking it was mine, I could it could help me. And I, I could believe that it will help me. And even if I believe that it was supposed to be mine, but it was my, it was a mistake. The information within itself, within itself, is still useful and it's still helpful. It's still empowering and inspiring, and all of these things. So even if you don't per se believe in astrology, the principles behind astrology and the growth stimulation is there and it applies to everyone because we're all human souls we're all interconnected we're all energy we all suffer in the same ways and even if we haven't undergone the same circumstances the pain is still the same sadness is sadness anger is anger no, I totally agree. But I want to, let's take let's, I want to go back for a second because one thing that you said, but I think is super super important. And you said, you know, even if you read the wrong uh, horoscope, it wasn't yours, but you mm-hmm. believed what it said. Believed is a such a key word in that sentence because belief in itself can take you so far. Meaning, if you say to me. Corey, I believe in what you're doing and I know you're going to go eons and you're a person of influence in my life. You could be a person of, uh, you could be an Ed Milet or you could be Christy Callie or you could be, you know, uh, Dr. Ed or whoever, you know, it doesn't matter. But if that, or it could be husband or wife or it could be your kid. But having that person believe in you really, really, really helps to propel your life. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Of course. Um, So when someone believes in 
you. Okay. So I can totally relate to this because when I started my business, it wasn't actually my idea. It was my husband's idea. And, uh, I had quit my family's business. Um, in 2012, we, um, we had a class, we experienced a classic clash of the generation. So I wanted to do things a certain way up, you know, bring things up to modern times. And I was met with a lot of uh, resistance and swimming up a river. So I just walked away from everything. And it was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. So I was dating my husband at the time. And he said, you should start your own business. And I was like, I can't start my own business. There's no way. And so I, we went through this whole phase and discussions and going back and forth over this whole thing. And Corey, what the reason I started my business is because he believed in me. He believed in me and I didn't even believe in myself at the time. So yes, the power of belief is extremely important. And um, when someone believes in you, even when you don't believe in yourself, you know, why didn't I believe in myself? I had my own self doubts. Believing in someone that doesn't believe in themselves is reminding them that their lack of belief and their self doubt is coming from within themselves. And if someone is is going past your self-doubt and going straight into their, their belief in you, you're like, well, how'd you do that? What do you see that I don't see? And so when someone recognizes and honors your light and you haven't even recognized and honored your own light, it allows you, it, they basically open the door and invited you into your own self to honor yourself. So it's a wonderful thing. Isn't that wild? I mean, it's really, it's crazy because, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of people struggle with self-doubt. I think a lot of people struggle with. Oh, I think every single person on the face of this earth struggles with self-doubt, self-confidence and believing in themselves, self-worth, being more than enough. I think, I think the human condition has actually been scarred in the past with this sense of abandonment and not being good enough. Yes, I would totally 100% agree with that. Um, so what, okay, so I'm going to take one more step back. I apologize. So I, I wanted to ask you the differences, the difference in epigenetics can, and metaphysics. Can you tell everybody the difference in the two of those? Because I think lots of times those get mixed up. What do you or, think is it? Well, I don't, I don't know because I think, you know, metaphysics is, is like you said, it's sort of a mystical, you got to believe, at least this is my understanding, like, you know, it's infinite intelligence, right? You've got infinite intelligence, which is kind of, is metaphysical, right? Am I right about that part? And then epigenetics is, you know what? I actually don't even know the full definition of epigenetics. I think that it's, Actually, I, I'm not even going to try to take a stab at it. And it's really sad because I've listened to millions of Joe Dispenza stuff. And, like, that's what he's all about. And I'm drawing a complete blank. Okay. Well, if I had to tell you about epigenetics, I would say, um, you know, that that's something that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about. And I follow his work really closely. Um, Dr. Aaron also talks about epigenetics. And... 
even though I don't know the actual definition of epigenetics, which I want to learn right now. Definition of epigenetics. Ask my phone what it means. Um, it says the study of changes in organisms caused by modification of gene expression rather than an alteration of the genetic code itself. Okay. Do you also, are you familiar with Dr. Greg Braden? Gosh, that sounds awesome. Actually, I don't think he's a doctor. It's just Braden, he's a geologist, and he's has he has a show on Gaia called um, Missing Links, and he's written a bunch of books about um, the resilience of the heart and just matters of the heart. So what 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 I think they're trying to say is that we have DNA, right? We have this code within our DNA, and rather than scientists thinking that we have to change our DNA in order to change ourselves, it's the belief that we can change ourselves that allows the expression of the gene to become a reality. So for example, um, let's say that I was born from poor parents and they were prone to diabetes and cancer and all this other stuff that I could very, very likely get because it's in my genetic history. Well, some would argue that I would be predisposed to also repeating the same history, repeating the same cycle. But it's up to me if I want to continue down the cycle that has already been a, a path that's already been paved, or if I am going to do something differently that is going to change the cycle and for me not to be prone to all of these other diseases and prevent that from happening. And so it's really about empowerment and the inner strength of free will to carve your own life path. And I mean, just forget about it, you know, forget about your circumstances and, and all of these things. It doesn't define who you are. Right. It's Everyone's really dealt with a different set of cards. Yeah. Right. So it really boils down to thought, really, epigenetics. Like, you know, you... it boils down to your beliefs. Your beliefs, your beliefs create your reality. I mean, so many people have said it, even those that I've read it in books that are supposedly channeled by Pleiadians, which, if you're open to that, okay. But I've read that in so many different places from ancient scripture that beliefs create your reality. It's in the Bible. So, um, yes, I firmly believe in that. Yes, I, yeah, I 100%. I mean, you know, it's so easy to think about, you know, you and I could sit here and think about how bad everything is out, or we can sit here and just have a normal conversation like we are and not think about how bad everything supposedly is. And it's so, about what you focus because ener because focus and awareness is energy. That's where you are putting your energy into. I mean, if you really think about this right now, I mean, if you, I freaked myself out over this a couple of times when, like, you realize that you're alive. How does that ever happened to you? If when you realize what that you're alive, no, I, that you're conscious. I, I don't know. I know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's just me. Okay, but I've had these moments where I'm alone and I'll just look at my hands and just feel being alive compared to like, what would it be like if I wasn't alive? Like, what would it be if I, if, how can you shut this off? You know what I mean? How do you turn this thing off? But 
Going back to your question also about, about epigenetics and metaphysics, they are interlinked. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're both the same thing, but metaphysics is life, and I think epigenetics is the knowledge that you have the power from within you in order for you to change you and, and define your future who you are. Absolutely. So uh, have, have you, um, so, so when you started your, your business and you borrowed the idea from your husband, did he have the idea? Sorry, I, I veered off a little bit, but did he have the idea of the jewelry or does that, I'm assuming that's where you came in. Well, I, when I was working for my family, they were in the jewelry business already. Oh, okay. And I was already for my family's business. And so um, they had been having the business since I was little. I mean, my parents were entrepreneurs. They, they sold everything under the sun, sunglasses, hats, hacky sacks, backpacks. They imported stuff from Guatemala. My mom imported stuff from Mexico and Thailand and all these places. So I already grew up with that sense of understanding how she did the importing and the exporting and the selling and all that stuff. But um, that was pre-social media pre-websites and all of this stuff. So I um, I already had that background in history of understanding how all of that stuff worked. And I also grew up, I mean, I was, I think, 14 or 15 years old when Facebook came out. Yeah, around that age. And so I was right there at that age where I could start implementing these things. And I started seeing when social media started getting businessy and advertisements started coming up and all that. Um, so when he told me to start my own business, um, I was basically already kind of doing the same thing for my parents, but they were doing, I was only doing the designing and the managing of the businesses and they were running it. And so now it was like, Oh, I have to do everything. <laughs> so no, I was not interested in a storefront. I just wanted to go online only. And, and stick with that. And I did for a long time. And so since you took the uh, pre this little thing we're in, uh, yes. you know, when you took your store, when you, when you started the brick and mortar store and you said that it took off fairly well, um, mm-hmm. but, the, but it, but it went from online to brick and mortar. I would imagine that there wouldn't be a lot of local people because it was online, but correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, um, you, well, you're not, I think you're missing some of the information from, um, from what I do and what I specialize in, but, so I'm in New Orleans, and the jewelry, first of all, when I started my business, I primarily focused on New Orleans themed jewelry. Okay. So, I had already, like, my fundamental base was based out of New Orleans, because I also did advertising in the local magazines and I targeted Facebook ads and Instagram ads to be in the New Orleans area. So yes, the majority of my fan base is from New Orleans and those that are not from New Orleans have visited New Orleans or used to live here pre-Katrina or have some type of connection with it, whether their son or daughter goes to one of the universities. Um, They have, some type of a love affair with the city. And so I'm kind of known as a New Orleans jewelry designer because I have so much invested in those type of designs. Like the necklace I'm wearing right now says 
please return to New Orleans. Um, inspired by Tiffany, because there's this uh, please return to Tiffany and company. But after Katrina, I made a piece that says please return to New Orleans as like a call to all the all the New Orleanians that got displaced and anyone that visited New Orleans and wants to come back. So it was just like a little funny joke. Um, but it was meaningful, you know, a meaningful saying to, to the people that were from here. So, um, when I, when I opened the store, yeah, it was a big deal because finally after seven years of people buying online from me, they actually had a physical place where they could go and experience the energy of the brand. And my brand color is purple. We have purple and Mardi Gras colors. And the reason we have purple and Mardi Gras colors is because of the royal courts and royalty and crowns. And you've got, why, why did they use crowns? Because they thought that kings and queens had royal blood and that goes back to divinity. And so, you know, it all goes back around. There's always some connection to the divine. You know, I totally 100% agree with you. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter what, people believe in, you know, as long as there's a belief. But the reality is, is that we're all, we're all part of the one. We are, you know, God is one, one is God. We're all part of that one. Hence yeah. the infinite intelligence. Yes. Um, the way I like to describe it is that the all knowing is, it's like a light. You know, I just, I personally envision a light and we individually, our souls and our spirits are just sparks of the same light. It comes from the same source. That's the way I like to think about it. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. But I didn't always believe that. I I grew up believing it was, a you know, a man in the sky. And if yeah. you did something I, wrong, like. Yeah, New Orleans grew up Catholic or Baptist. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's, a, it's far different than how I was raised, but, but I, I, I got to, to be honest, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, I, like, I, I don't, don't actually physically go to a church and, and I don't, because I just don't think that that's a I don't think you have to necessarily go to church to be a good person. I mean, I just don't believe that. And I think right. that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Going down that rabbit hole, I mean, it just starts with the principle that religions, these organized religions, um, the reason they work and the reason they're so big is because the truth is actually woven within them and it is manipulated and they use guilt in order to keep people in trapped in the system. And so you know, it's, these rules are all created by men. Right. Men. I'm, and I'm not just saying man as in like human beings. I'm also saying men in addition to that. And, and when it comes to, um, you know, as you know, there's, you've got divine feminine energy and you have divine masculine energy, but there's also a polar aspect to those energies. And those are not so divine feminine and not so divine masculine. So the not-so-divine masculine energy likes to suppress, it likes to control, it likes to um, abuse and, and possess, 
And that is what's going on with these masculine-dominated religions of the world. They are doing that exact same thing to their followers, and that's how they keep them trapped because they feel like, who wants eternal damnation <laughs> if they don't do what they say, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I was talking to a, 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 a one of the a business partner of mine the other day, and we were talking about this very subject and and I was telling him how I'd gotten uh, I was getting ready to go into business with a a guy that that it, it's his church which I didn't even know you could I even know you could own a church but I guess you can and so I, I know church, yeah. I don't know if it's legal or not is it to legally own yeah you can do that yeah you can have okay church. all right so it's like a business you just list it. You just list it as a religious institution. And you get off with all the taxes and all that stuff. Right. That was a great thing that you just said. It's like a business, but it is a business because without people, it is a yes, it's a business. Like, and what kills me is that the majority of the time, the people that go, and I'm not knocking anybody that goes to church. I don't mean this in any disrespect, but. Lots of times you see people that go to church that are struggling and they're handing the church money and the church is not reciprocating that. So I I have a hard time with that. No, I, I would love to address this. Okay. The principle behind the idea is not wrong. It's how it's being expressed is what makes it not, and I don't want to say wrong either, but makes it not effective or not make sense or not necessarily a smart thing to do. For example, one of the reasons why I joined Society, which is a part of Dr. Aaron's group, is because she is a minister. I'm also a minister, but she's a minister. And I love the energy around her, the people that she's attracting. I love the way she preaches and it's just a really good, and I love watching her do it. Um, and she just, she's a good person for that. And I, and, and I do pay to be a part of this group, but it's because I know that the connections that I'm going to make from this group, the friendships, the information, the support, the support is going to be is going to allow me to be the best person that I can be. It's going to support me throughout my process and in my journey. And so yes, I give money and I pay this organization, which Dr. Aaron has a business, um, because I'm gaining something of value as a service to that. And so these people that go to church and are giving their money away in some way, shape, or form, either feel that or they will feel guilty not doing so. Mm. It's either one or the other. And for me, I absolutely <laughs> would not feel guilty if I didn't do that, but I feel good about supporting someone who's supporting me in the ways that I feel I need to be supported in my life right now. And so, again, the model, the business model, the idea is not wrong. It's just, is it serving you? Is it really helping you? It's a good, it's a great, and you know, the only person that can answer that really is the person that's handing over the money, because if you're, you know, like you said, you know, you're getting value from 
the, you know, soul side of the group, which I, to me, that makes complete sense. Um, but handing money to an organization and I, I mean, not really, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the service is, is worth the money they're paying. Maybe, maybe they are getting filled up. I don't know. Perception because we don't know what these people have gone through. And you know what? It could also be Corey that they just don't know any better. They just don't know any better as in, you know, that there are people like Dr. Aaron out there, but Dr. Aaron is on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and she's utilizing all of these methods to attract people, but these people may not necessarily be on those platforms, and so she can't reach them, or they can't be found, and so there are these new ways of being discovered that these folks don't even know these platforms exist, and it's hard to reach those people, but if those people wanted to be reached and wanted to be targeted and wanted to be advertised to, then they would make themselves available. But, you know, I just, um, if anything, I would just want people to know that go to regular church, that there is a new way of being led, a new way of being guided, a new way to be inspired. And it is virtual um, and Dr. Aaron also has in-person events too, so it doesn't have to be all virtual. So I just think that the more of us do this work, the more people will start to see that there are people like us out there that are shining the light, that are doing ministerial work in a more spiritual way that applies to everyone. It doesn't matter what your background is, that you can still relate. And I hope that the more that the more of us that rise up and put ourselves out there and you have to believe in yourself to do that, then the more that we can be of service and help other people empower themselves so that they don't feel so trapped or they don't feel so, um, so, so much mercy to their circumstances and having to ask God or ask someone outside of themselves to be saved or helped because the work that we do, it's about empowering you to change your life. Right. Well, guess what? You know, I can, I can pray all day long about, you know, uh, buying a new house, but guess what? That's probably not going to get me the new house. You've got to take action with the information that you get and the knowledge that you have. And you have to put that into, you have to put it into action and you have to, you have to take actionable steps in order to, get to the end result. You cannot just right. say, I'm going to pray about it and forget about it. About the law of attraction right now. It is. Absolutely. You can th- thinking about it and imagining it. It's great. And it's necessary. And I highly encourage people to imagine, use the power of your imagination to feel and put yourself in that space where you can actually feel the goals that you want to accomplish and what you want to have. And by feeling those things, that's when the insight of the steps that you need to do start coming into play. The more you invest yourself into an idea, the more the information and the knowledge and the strategy on how to attain those things is going to come to you. Because if you want something bad enough, then you're not going to be inspired enough to want to take action to do it. No, I, yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. You know, and I think that's where, you know, a lot of people disagree or knock the, the, the secret. I think the secret was really, really, really good, except for 
you know, the the action part is the part that I feel like they, they kind of right. missed. In that line. Right. I agree. I mean, you think something about so you think about something hard enough. I mean, it's just a matter of time before that happens. But the people that don't get that part of, oh, I'm just going to sit here and wait all day for this magical bike to appear. <laughs> you know, you can ride it all day long in your mind, but um, but. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It comes to some people, but the ones that have those blockages of not understanding how to manifest, those are the ones that need the help in understanding how to get past that hurdle. I 100% agree. And I love the, um, you know, I love the word manifest because there's, I can, you know, I won't even get into how many times that I've manifested events or situations in my life that have act, that, that have absolutely worked out, not necessarily the way I thought they were going to work out, but they worked out, you know, in the end, it, it did happen because I believed it was going to happen. And even though I didn't have the steps to how that was going, how it was going to happen, I didn't need the steps. You don't have to have the steps necessarily to, you know, to, you know, visualize what you want. You just have to be open that when that first step hits you, you're going to be, you've got to be, you have to be present enough to be able to say, oh, here's the first step to get there. Yeah. So you just hit a really important point. So Eckhart Tolle, he wrote this book, The Power of Now. I'm sure you've heard of it or read it already, maybe. I've actually gotten through like half the half of the audio book, but I, I don't know why. I don't know why I never finished it, but I will. Anyway, okay, go ahead. So he brings up a great point about this topic where if you're living in your mind too much and you're not present enough, then you're going to miss the opportunities and the signals and the information that's being given to you in order for you to take these steps. So one of the things he talks about is when you're living in your mind, you're living in time. And when you're living in time, you are not present because you're either thinking in the future or you're thinking in the past and you're always in your head and you're not here. You're not being focused. And so that's why meditation is so important. And, you know, that, throw, that word is being thrown around a lot, but meditation is just another word for turning everything off, just being oh, still. That's right. Shut it's down true. all of the senses. Yes, just shut down all of the senses. Stop being stimulated so much externally and go within. Go within your mind in in, in your in your within your third eye, just like just your inner knowing, right? Go in there, away from all this stuff that's going on, and that's where your passion lies. This these are where your desires and your goals and all of these things lie. It's not out there, it's from within here. And so when you take the time to shut everything off and go within yourself, that's where the downloads come in. And so many people are like, well, what does that mean, downloads? Okay, it means inspiration. It means, it, it, it means being inspired by your goals and your passion in order to identify and map out how to get there. And you can't do that if you're constantly busying yourself all of the time. 
So I just want to stress how important that is because um, it's just as it's just as important as envisioning what you want. So true. And so um, really quick, I want to wrap, we'll wrap up, but let's, I want you to wrap up with talking. I want you to tell us a little bit about how impactful words are. Oh, okay. So I love talking about words and I love talking about this because there's a lot of things involved here. So you've got your throat chakra. Your throat chakra is an energy center. This is our form of communication. It is a form of expression. And if you go back in time, you know, when back, back in the world where metaphysics was seen as witchcraft and as spells and magic and all of this stuff, you know, I think the principles behind those thoughts are really important because the power of words should never be underestimated. And the power of words is only as powerful as the belief that you have in those words. And it goes both ways because, you know, you've got that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Of course words hurt, but they don't have to hurt you if you don't give the words the power to hurt you. So that's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at it as well is the reason why spells worked is because of the power of words and and the significance behind it. So what are words? Greg Frayden actually talks about this, and I love – I could never probably do as good of a job explaining it as he did because he's a geologist and he's got all this life science behind him. But the gist of what he was saying is that words are vibrations – that we're hearing, that were originally thoughts and feelings. And so we're literally hearing feeling and thoughts. And we are, by listening to it, immediately our brain is picking up on the energy and we are being impacted by those words. So if I were to say something really mean and nasty to you, you, your whole body, your aura is going to be penetrated by these words and these energy and these thoughts, and you're going to be affected by it. And I mean, it's up to you how you're going to respond, but the damage has already been done. Right. So one thing that you said that I thought was, and I've always thought this was interesting, but you said, well, remember when it was witchcraft and, and, and people would cast a spell. Think about that. The word spell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The word spell. All... Spelling out the words. Yes. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. So yeah. I, I've always found it to be super interesting. And, and the reason I brought it up in the internet, I connected big time with this portion is, you know, I've, I've been sober for almost 11 years and I went to AA for a long time. And then I figured out that you know where I'm going with this I have a feeling um you know I figured out that standing up saying I'm an yeah addict, I'm an addict. I, like, when you're being forced to say that I'm an addict I always thought AA was the worst program in the entire world because they are keeping people in the system it is the worst it's 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 engineered I believe to keep people in the system well, it's yeah. so messed up 
I mean, shit, look at the percentage of people that are... are... Well, that's like the worst thing you can say. It's the yeah. worst thing that you can say. You're keep literally... Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> it's so bad. It is so bad. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. And, and, but I, fa- I found since I've stopped saying that, that my life has changed exponentially. Yeah. For the better, for the better, obviously. Of course, of course. What they should be saying, if they really cared about the people within there, is I am Christy Callie and I am sober. I am free. I am free from my addictions. I am, you're supposed to say powerful, empowering, positive things about yourself, not keeping yourself in there. It's just, it's awful. That's why they're in there for 15, 20, 35 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I, Better? I, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on today. I so, real. I so appreciate it. This has been fantastic. Me. Absolutely. I would love to do this. We need to, we need to do this again because, um, I have some things coming up with uh, with a membership program that I'm put, implementing into my jewelry program, and I'm bringing in special guests to come in to talk about really cool, empowering stuff, and I would love to have you on there. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. So um, what is your program? Can you talk about that right yet or no? Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So uh, because of this whole pandemic situation, um, you know, in order to stay engaged with our customers, um, I came up with this idea called, uh, all right, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this term, but in New Orleans, all of the parades and all of the um, the groups that come together to do the parades are called crews. Have you ever heard of that? Crews? Yeah. What's with a K? K-R-E-W-E. It's a saying in New Orleans, like, this is my crew. No. So it's like... Crew, like your crew, but it's just spelled differently. And so it's just, it's just an, um, like, like a nod to the whole Mardi Gras and the Royal courts. Okay. So, um, the, the membership thing is going to be called the Cali crew. So my Cali crew membership program, and it's, it's $15 a month. My customers are going to get some really amazing discounts that they can use as many times as they want. So that's one of the major perks. They get um, pieces of jewelry that are exclusive to them, so it's not available to the public. And I'm including a one-hour group, a crew, coaching call with them via Zoom. So they can all join in if they want. Everyone's invited. But on many occasions, I'm going to bring in a special guest to talk about something empowering. So it's all going to be – it's very similar to your podcast. So I'm going to be talking about anything that can help people in their life, um, get over fears, anxiety, and, you know, my mission is to help people live their best life. Hell yes. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So when should we expect to, like, when are you rolling this out? Shortly? I'm I'm hoping to launch it on Wednesday if it all goes well. I'm having some technical difficulties getting it installed onto my website. But if it goes well, then it'll launch on Wednesday or sometime within the next couple of days. And, um, then, you know, the coaching calls will be once a month, um, and we'll go from there. So I would, you can come on within the next two or three months. That would be so great. 
I would love that, Christy. Thank you so much. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.